Listen to one of this year's top true crime podcasts. Unknown Subject, Season 3 of WTOP's American Nightmare podcast is out now on all podcast platforms. Governor, as soon as we get some uh, live comments from him at an election watch party tonight at his headquarters, we'll bring it to you on WTOP. We are also closely watching the numbers in two tight congressional races in Virginia. And we've got all the latest tonight. Stay with us on this election night at 9 o'clock. This is CBS News on the Hour, sponsored by Liberty Mutual Insurance. I'm Jennifer Kuyper in Chicago. It's 9 p.m. on the East Coast, and the polls have closed in a total of 41 states with the House-leaning Republican, CBS's Ed O'Keefe. This is something the White House has anticipated. Remember, they began staffing up over the summer in anticipation of the Republicans taking control of the House, hiring a new batch of lawyers and communicators to get ready to counter the offensive that's coming from the GOP. The White House and the president the last few days signaling they understand it perhaps is too difficult to hold the House. The Arizona, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin Senate races are a toss-up. Colorado Senate leans Democrat. Iowa Senate leans Republican. Kansas Senate, CBS News projects Republican Jerry Moran will win. The Louisiana and North Dakota Senate races lean Republican. New York Senate leans Democrat. South Dakota Senate, CBS News projects Republican John Thune will win the in the South Dakota Senate race. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis and Senator Marco Rubio are projected to win re-election. CBS News exit polls show that for the majority of voters in Florida, and abortion were the top two issues in the midterms. CBS's Vladimir Dutier with more. 69% of the Americans that we voted, the electorate that we polled, uh, say that our very democracy itself is under threat. So when you take this in totality and you crunch all the numbers and the data, what does it tell us? Anxious times, anxious voters. Former President Trump is casting a large shadow over this election after mentioning his upcoming announcement. One week from today, CBS's Robert Costa. Party leader CBS News has learned, pulled Trump back from making a 2024 announcement in Ohio last night, but he is still moving toward a 2024 presidential bid, and he's warning some of his rivals to stay out of the race. He just told reporters about it a couple hours ago that if Ron DeSantis, the Florida governor, gets in, he better be worried because, quote, I know more about him than anybody other than perhaps his wife, who is really running his campaign. A visiting American diplomat promises continued U.S. help for Ukraine. CBS's Tom Fody. On an unannounced trip to Ukraine, the U.S. ambassador to the U.N. insisted that regardless of the congressional election outcome here... We've seen bipartisan support from Ukraine. The president is committed to continuing to work with the Congress to ensure that that support continues. Ambassador Linda Thomas-Greenfield also accused Russia of targeting Ukrainian food processing and shipping facilities. These are not only horrific attacks on civilian infrastructure, there are also attacks on the world's food supply. Tom Fody, CBS News, Washington. A single winner of a more than $2 billion winning Powerball ticket bought it in Altadena, California. Crypto exchange Binance plans to buy rival FTX in an apparent bailout. And on Wall Street today, the Dow closed up 334 points. NASDAQ jumped 52. This is CBS News. Liberty Mutual customizes your car and home insurance so you only pay for what you need. Visit LibertyMutual.com to learn more. It is 9.03 here on Midterm Election Night 2022 on WTOP. I'm Dimitri Sotis. And I'm Michelle Bash. 
Welcome to our special coverage of what may be the most consequential midterm election night in generations. And the results have been coming in for some hours now as we've had Maryland polls closed for an hour along with D.C. Two hours since the closure of the Virginia polls. It is already a historic night in Maryland with the Associated Press projecting that the next governor of Maryland will be Democrat Wes Moore, only the third African-American man to serve in the role of governor in our country. Anthony Brown, also a historic candidate tonight for Attorney General winning for Attorney General he is at the podium tonight at the Westmore campaign headquarters. We just want to listen in to just a little bit of what he's saying. About the six million Marylanders who I'll have the privilege and the responsibility to serve as attorney general. It's about the single mom. It's about the single mom making minimum wage who decided to enroll in a technical skills program but is being pressured by predatory lenders and might be saddled with debt her entire working life. It's about the family looking to take some cash out of their house to send a child to school but can't because of appraisal discrimination that undervalues their home. Am I talking to somebody out there? Anthony Brown, the next attorney general in Maryland. And, of course, uh, we want to uh, continue to... Okay, we just have another result here. It's just breaking. Breaking news on WTOP. And this just in, in D.C., the current governor, or pardon me, the current mayor, Mayor Muriel Bowser, has now won. She is the projected winner in the mayor's race there, winning a third term. And I believe, I believe... Okay, if my microphone will work, I believe we've got Mike Marillo at May, uh, Muriel Bowser's campaign headquarters. Mike, if we've got you on the line, what's happening there as this race has been called? Yeah, Dimitri, the AP, as you said, now declaring Muriel Bowser the mayor again for D.C., getting a third term, the first mayor to do that since Marion Barry, of course, mayor for life, as he was known. And so we have that race here. I don't think it's circle. It's been through the crowd yet, um, but many people here expected her to win this race. Uh, and according to the results, 79% of the votes so far uh, going to Muriel Bowser. The second place right now, Rodney Red Grant with 12.6%, but obviously a big margin there. That's why Associated Press is calling it. Also, other races we're watching tonight, of course, several council seats up for grabs. Who will be the next Ward 3 council member after long time? Councilmember Mary Che uh, decided not to run again. Those results aren't coming in yet, but we're watching that. And uh, several uncontested races to tell you. Charles Allen will be the Ward 6 council member, and we have Attorney General Brian Schwab, who will be the next Attorney General in the city. But again, several races to go, and Chair Phil Mendelson, 84% of the vote right now, guys. Mike Marillo live at Mayor Bowser's headquarters as we're looking at a third term for D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser. And our team coverage continues now. Let's go live to the election desk in WTOP's Nick Ionelli. Right, Michelle, we're following a number of returns still coming in in Virginia's U.S. House races. These came in just a few seconds ago. Projected winners, they are incumbents in Virginia's congressional races. They include Democrat Donald McEachin winning re-election in Virginia's 4th Congressional District, Republican Rob Whitman winning re-election in Virginia's 1st Congressional District, 
and Republican Bob Good winning re-election in Virginia's 5th Congressional District. All incumbents in U.S. House races in Virginia. Live at the election desk, Nick Ainelli, WTOP News. Just want to check out a few out-of-the-area results of interest, though. This is Washington, D.C. After all, Democrat Chuck Schumer winning re-election for U.S. Senate from New York. Republican John Thune winning re-election to the U.S. Senate from South Dakota. Republican Mark Gordon winning re-election for governor in Wyoming. And I believe I saw something here, Michelle, from CBS News about a, a projection. It's KIV. Republican governor in Alabama defeating Democratic challenger Yolanda Flowers tonight. 907 and to Fredericksburg, Virginia now where WTOP's Kyle Cooper is watching that tight race in the 7th Congressional District. Virginia Democratic incumbent Abigail Spanberger was challenged by Republican Yesley Vega. Kyle joins us now from Spanberger headquarters. Yeah, Michelle, uh, they just played the song Waiting is the Hardest Part down here by Tom Petty. And that certainly is the case because all evening, as the results have been rolling in, Spanberger has been behind, still a little bit behind now, about five points, according to the Associated Press. However, some of her key campaign workers have been uh, have been talking with some of them, and they said that there's a couple of precincts that are out that they're expecting to get a lot of votes from for Spanberger, so they are not... Um, I'm not saying that... Uh, Kyle, forgive us, forgive us, Kyle. It's technology. We can't hear you very well. Kyle uh, Cooper there from Abigail Spanberger headquarters. The race not called yet. Next to Woodbridge, Virginia, WTOP's Dick Giuliano with the opponent in that race, uh, Republican Leslie Vega's campaign gathering. Dick, what do you know tonight? Hey, Dimitri. Well, there have been several bursts of cheering here as results flash onto the big screen TVs showing Leslie Vega holding a lead over Representative Spanberger. The uh, Lieutenant Governor, uh, Winston Sears, has just uh, walked in. And, of course, the excitement is building here. The supporters say inflation and education are two key issues that have them backing Vega. The stage, bedecked in uh, red, white, and blue, awaiting the candidate. Prince William County Supervisor Yesley Vega of the Coles District hoping to make the leap tonight to Capitol Hill. Reporting live in Woodbridge, Dick Iuliano, WTOP News. Traffic and weather on the eights. Here's Bob Immler. Still there is the crash on southbound 395 in the district near exit 2 at Potomac Park. Still in the center lane. Traffic comes up to it at speed now, but police are stopped behind it for everyone's safety. On 395 and 95, the pace is good. The crash northbound in Fredericksburg is gone near Route 3. All lanes are now open there. And uh, traffic on uh, southbound 95 is also running well. There's a work zone on 66 westbound approaching the Beltway. You get by single file to the right. Beyond the Beltway so far, so good. But they should be setting up other work zones tonight. Believe they're already starting on the inner loop near Arlington Boulevard, headed towards 66. Now, in Maryland, on 270, a couple of work zones now. Southbound at Route 85, you're getting by single file to the left. And then at Route 80, also getting by single file to the left around road work. Northbound, the lanes are open. 95 in the Baltimore-Washington Parkway, each running well. 50 out to the Bay Bridge, also in great shape. Believe they've now set up a work zone on the outer loop in Prince George's County between 50 and 450, and they are getting by in two lanes to the left. Silver Diner's fall menu will warm you up. Try their apple pie stuffed French toast or their plant-based oat milk pancakes with blueberries. Learn more at silverdiner.com. Silver Diner. Eat well, be well. Bob Inler, WTLP Traffic. Storm Team 4's Ryan Miller this evening. High pressure. That's going to keep the region clear and cool and actually cold by tomorrow morning. We're going to see lows because of the clear conditions and a lack of wind into the 30s area-wide when you wake up tomorrow morning. So bundle up on the way to work and school. We'll see sunshine, though, once again. Tomorrow's high temperatures will be in the middle to upper 60s. 
60s. In a few spots, we could get close to 70 on Thursday. It looks like we'll see sunshine Thursday morning, clouds in the afternoon, a mild day, and staying mild heading into Friday. We're going to keep tracking, though, what will become Hurricane Nicole. As it impacts Florida, it will start to move our way towards the north. We're not expecting hurricane conditions in any way, shape, or form. Nevertheless, rainfall from this system will be impacting the region here throughout your day on Friday. We'll see some gusty conditions as well at times. The rain, though, looks like it comes to an end early Saturday morning. I'm Storm Team 4 meteorologist Ryan Miller. 52 in Roslyn and Farragut Square right now. 51 in Laurel. Look for lows in the 30s overnight. Brought to you by Long Fence. Save 15% on Long Fence decks, pavers, and fences. Go to longfence.com today and schedule your free in-home estimate. Great to have you here at 911. The people have spoken. Continuing coverage of the midterm elections from WTOP News. And indeed, we are still closely monitoring two tight congressional races in Virginia's 7th and 2nd districts. Live to the newsroom, our own Mitchell Miller, our Capitol Hill correspondent. I'm putting you on the spot, Mitch. Do you have the latest results there? We have them here, too, and can pass them along. But what are you seeing in those two races? Right. These are the two races that we thought would be the closest tonight, and that is proving to be the case. This is the 2nd District of Virginia and the 7th District of Virginia. In the 2nd District, which extends down to Hampton Roads, Democratic Congresswoman Elaine Luria, as was expected, is in trouble tonight against Republican challenger Jen Kiggins. Right now, with more than 200 of the 247 precincts uh, recorded, it is now 55 percent to 44 percent with Jen Kiggins with a fairly substantial lead. Again, we've still got more than 40 precincts that must still report, and we don't know exactly where all of them are, so we have to always have that caveat. And then in the 7th District, this is the one that's been really tightening up over the last hour or so. Uh, right now, Yesley Vega, the Republican challenger, has the lead with 51 percent of the vote to just under 49 percent for Democrats. Democratic incumbent Abigail Spanberger. That has really tightened up, as I mentioned. And one of the reasons, as you drill down into the localities, it's really interesting in that Abigail Spanberger is actually picking up a lot of her votes in Prince William County, where, of course, Yesley Vega is a supervisor. It is really going to be a question of whether or not Abigail Spanberger can pick up enough votes in Prince William County to overcome this deficit that she has right now. Right now, there are 51 of the 64 precincts reported in Prince William County. That is where the bulk of the votes are coming in. As we also expected, many of the rural counties and other areas uh, Yesley Vega has done very well. She is actually uh, close to winning in Spotsylvania County. Both of the candidates, interestingly, are almost dead even in Stafford County. So once again, this is going to be a very, very close race. We'll have to continue to watch this throughout the evening. We also have had some winners in other races. Rob Whitman in the 1st District, the Republican, is being returned to Congress. Bob Good in the 5th District of Virginia is also being returned. Uh, most of the incumbents tonight... Uh, other than Abigail Spanberger and Elaine Luria, not in trouble. But those two races are ones that we were were really keeping an eye on. Well, Repo Mitch, what is your thinking? Uh, pardon me if I just interrupted you, but what is your thinking if those two races split uh, the 7th Congressional District and the 2nd Congressional District? If one goes to a Democrat, the other goes to a Republican, what would we make of that? I think that would be a partial victory for Democrats because they were really concerned about the Spanberger 
toss-up race because everybody has been saying that it's going to be very, very close. I think privately many Democrats knew that Elaine Luria, although she has been a strong candidate, she just had so many political headwinds against her. And because that district has been redrawn to favor Republicans, she was in a really tough, tough situation. So Democrats are hoping that Abigail Spanberger can somehow get enough votes to uh, get over this hump and try to beat Yesli Vega. But this is a press, an impressive performance by Yesli Vega, who really came onto the political scene just in the last few years. She's 37 years old. She's Her family is originally from El Salvador. She only was elected to the Prince William County Board of Supervisors a few years ago. So this is a huge showing for her tonight. So let's not mitigate that either. Mitch, just a few seconds left, and maybe not even that, but uh, back to Elaine Luria. Is her participation in the January 6th committee actually considered a headwind for her? It is in her district, I think, because a lot of people, for whatever reason, did not think that participating in the January 6th commission was something that was a good thing. Now, she is a person who has uh, a Navy background, and she's got all of the check marks that Democrats thought that was going to hold in that seat. But as we've seen with the case of uh, Liz Cheney in Wyoming, who was ousted basically from the number three position in the Republican Party, many Republicans don't find that an attractive part of the candidate's background. So I think in some respects that probably did hurt her. But more so, I think what really has hurt her is the fact that that district has just changed considerably since the last time she was elected. Mitchell Miller. Sports at 15 and 45, powered by Red River. Technology decisions aren't black and white. Think red. Now Rob Woodfork. All right, Georgetown coming up on halftime of their season opener. Dave Bresson is live at Capital One Arena with the details. Rob, I don't think we can bring up Dave at least oh, we don't for have a few Dave more up. seconds. All right, then I will be the one to tell you that the Hoyas are leading by a score of 30 to 28. Uh, about three and a half minutes left to go until the break. And uh, nice... Uh, Game here for Brandon Murray. He's got uh, 12 points to lead all scorers in the game. He's hit 4 of 10 from the floor, including 3 of 5 from three-point range. Big rebounding advantage for Georgetown, 22 to 10 as they uh, dominate the glass. And we'll have more coming up at 945. Rob Woodfork, WTOP Sports. And the top stories we're following for you here on WTOP. Polls have closed across the entire D.C. region. We are now watching as some results come in. D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser has been reelected for the third time. This is her third uh, term that she has won. The Associated Press calling that race for Bowser just a few minutes ago. And let's take a look at some of the Virginia contests. First, Democrat Don Beyer winning re-election in Virginia's 8th District. The latest numbers in the races that we were just talking about with Mitchell Miller. First, Virginia's 7th Congressional District. 87% of the overall vote is in. Yesley Vega, the Republican, with about 51%. Abigail Spanberger, the Democratic incumbent, with 48%. So still a lead for Vega. The other race, 2nd Congressional District in Virginia. Jen Kiggins with a sizable lead over Elaine Luria. Jen Kiggins, 56% of the vote. Elaine Luria, the Democrat, about 44%. And that is with about 7 out of 10 overall votes counted. We're staying on top of all of this on WTOP. In Maryland, Democrat Wes Moore has made history. He will be the state's first black governor. We'll go live to Moore's campaign headquarters in Baltimore very shortly. In fact, I think we can do that right now. All right. Kate Ryan with the Wes Moore campaign tonight. A short while ago, the Associated Press called him the victor in the governor's race. That's history making. He'll be the first black elected governor in the state of Maryland, the third in the nation. 
His running mate, Aruna Miller, will also be the first immigrant lieutenant governor. The crowd here is also celebrating a number of other wins by Democrats in the state. It looks like it's going to be an early night, not something that anyone was counting on, but what everyone here was hoping for. In Baltimore, Kate Ryan, WTOP News. Now we get reaction from Republican Dan Cox's campaign. WTOP's Sarah Jacobs is in Annapolis. We have a full house. The band is playing. Full celebration mode here at Dan Cox's election night headquarters. Disregarding the news that the Associated Press called the race for Democrat Westmore within minutes of the polls closing. The campaign spokespeople have issued no comment, but tell us Cox will be arriving at about 10 p.m., at which time we're going to find out whether he's willing to concede or if there will be any contesting of the results or the speed with which the race was called. At Dan Cox Election Night Headquarters in Annapolis, Sarah Jacobs, WTOB News. Slow or clogged drains? Call Michael and Son and get $100 off a train cleaning today. Bob Imler in the WTOP Traffic Center. In the district, southbound 395 at Potomac Park. The crash remains in the center of the roadway, getting by, coming up to it at speed, really, at this point without delay. Virginia, 66 west, approaching passing the Beltway single right lane, gets by the work zone. And in Maryland, two work zones in Frederick County on 270 southbound at Route 85 and again at Route 80 and each getting by single file left. Biometric technologies have changed how we protect our identity. Idemia Solutions are designed with privacy in mind. Learn more at identitywithintegrity.com. Bob Imler, WTOP Traffic. Storm Team 4 is Ryan Miller. Clear and cold overnight. Lows will be in the 30s tomorrow for your Wednesday. Sunshine throughout the entire day with highs in the lower to middle 60s. On the day Thursday, we'll see sunshine in the morning, clouds in the afternoon, noticeably milder with highs into the middle and upper 60s in a few spots. Rain showers, heavy at times on Friday with a chance that we could see some very breezy conditions as well. I'm Storm Team 4 meteorologist Ryan Miller. Right now at DuPont Circle 52, we're heading down to the 30s in the suburbs. Brought to you by Len the Plumber. Trusted same-day service, seven days a week. We have some breaking election news. Let's go live to Nick Ionelli at the WTOP election desk. Yeah, Michelle, we're following breaking news out of Fairfax County, where Democratic Congressman Jerry Connolly, according to the Associated Press, is going to win re-election. Connolly is a seven-term incumbent in the House, representing this deep blue area in northern Virginia in District 11. He was facing Republican Jim Miles. Democrat Congressman Jerry Connolly, according to the Associated Press, is going to win re-election in District 11 in Fairfax County. Live at the election desk, Nick Ainelli, WTOP News. CBS News Special Report, Campaign 2022, America Decides. The polls have closed in more than half of the states so far. Voters have been citing inflation as the top issue for them. CBS's Margaret Brennan. I spoke to an economist at Bank of America who pointed out that consumer sentiment right now is in the worst place it has been since the Great Recession, since the financial crisis. And this is even when we've gotten back all the jobs lost in the pandemic. Election security also a concern. There was one frightening moment this afternoon. A man with a knife entered a polling place north of Milwaukee and told the staff to, quote, stop the voting. Now, thankfully, no one was injured and the man was taken into custody without incident. But voting was paused for 30 minutes before the poll reopened. CBS is Adriana Diaz. One of the most closely watched Senate races in the country is in Pennsylvania. I'm Wendy Gillette in Pittsburgh at the election night headquarters of Democratic Senate candidate Lieutenant Governor John Fetterman. The 
polls are now closed here in Pennsylvania and Fetterman supporters are showing up. The race is projected to be tight between Fetterman and Republican Dr. Mehmet Oz. And we may not know the results for days because by law, the counting of absentee ballots couldn't begin until this morning. Wendy Gillette, CBS News, Pittsburgh. Nine. In Senate races so far, Florida's Marco Rubio has won re-election. So has Kentucky's Rand Paul, Indiana's Todd Young, and South Carolina's Tim Scott. Democrat Peter Welsh has won in Vermont. CBS News Special Report. I'm Linda Kenya. You might have heard me leap in a little early there, and we apologize for that. We appreciate our colleagues at CBS News. Now we're going to take you to a far different part of the country than ours, and that is South Texas. Some interesting congressional races going on there. Vice News correspondent Paula Ramos is with us. And uh, sorry, Paula, you've been waiting a, a while to join us. We've had some connection issues and the whole bit, but we're very glad to finally have you on. Uh, for people here in the nation's capital area that may not be familiar with the political Political climate there. What's the most important thing you can share? Thank you so much. Well, I'll tell you this. Um, I think this symbolically sends a message. Governor Abbott, which is exactly where I am right now in his watch party, started and ended his campaign in McAllen, Texas, which is in the Rio Grande Valley. We're steps away from the U.S.-Mexico border, and that tells you that he's his main message which revolves around a more conservative immigration border security sort of theme and strategy he's betting on that message to resonate with latino voters so republicans here see a traditionally democratic stronghold which is south texas as their opportunity to continue winning races hi this is mitchell miller our capitol hill correspondent uh, as you're well aware there's been a lot of focus on how the latino and latina vote has changed what is the view of how things are looking in terms of Republicans versus Democrats and which way uh, Latinos, obviously you can't uh, over-stereotype about which party they're going to in total, but clearly Republicans have made some inroads uh, with the population. Of course. I think in, in 2020, the main message there was that President Trump, former President Trump, did 10 points better with Latino voters than he did in 2016. I think it's too early to tell the way that Latino voters will, you know, come out nationally. But I think we already have some insight. In a place like Florida, Governor Ron DeSantis just became the first governor in 20 years to win Miami-Dade County, right, which is predominantly Latino. It's predominantly Cubans. It's Venezuelans. But that county tells you a lot about the way that Latino voters are thinking right now. You go over here to South Texas. I've been following different candidates, speaking to a lot of Latino Republican candidates, also speaking to their Democratic opponents. But the Republican Latinas feel extremely confident that that red wave that they saw in 2020 um, will continue to unfold today, right? They're betting on this idea that Latinos may be Democratic on record, but in their hearts and their souls, they're more conservative than what the media wants to tell you. So again, what the results tell you in Florida right now is that Latinos chose Governor DeSantis overwhelmingly. Paula, th th thank you for being with us. I, I wanted to very briefly share that uh, you all at Vice News do a program called Breaking the Vote, and it was just stunning to see you sitting around a kitchen table with uh, prospective uh, Latino voters, and they were really uh, not even uh, talking about Governor Greg Abbott, but really Trumpy. Is that a fair way to uh, to uh, characterize that particular uh, interview that you did recently for Breaking the Vote? 
Yeah, I think that's accurate. I think the theme there is that these sort of fringe conspiracy theories, like the Great Replacement Theory, right? That's no longer something that you're just seeing on the fringes. That's slowly becoming more mainstream, not just by a certain group of white voters, but also by Latino voters, like the ones that I spoke to um, at the border. Even where where I'm talking to you right now in Texas 15th District, one of the Republican um, candidates here, Monica de la Cruz, um, of Mexican descent, uh, she's endorsed Trump, and one of the main messages that she keeps pushing out is this idea that the border is being invaded. And it, even in one of her own campaign messages, she claims that Democrats are bringing undocumented immigrants strategically to this country in order to... The Venture X Card from Capital One gives you more of what you love, like premium travel benefits and access to Taylor Swift tickets. Oh, I do love her. Earn five times miles on flights and ten times miles on hotels through Capital One Travel. Enjoy your stay in Suite 13. Whoa, 13? That's Taylor's lucky number. Plus, get access to Taylor Swift The Eras Tour, presented by Capital One. Maybe I'll see you there. The Venture X Card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details.